a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to KSL Outdoors Radio. Those of you that have listened for a while know that anytime this music shows up on the show, we're about ready to talk a little Mule Skinner blues with the old Mule Skinner himself. Yeah! Better known around here as uh, W.Y.O. Charlie. Charlie Jennings is uh, with us this morning. So, I'm on Facebook earlier this morning, and I see this ad, sort of, with your face and uh, one of your mules on it, and we've documented the fact that this is a great new thing for you. It's sort of the next chapter in your life. You've done quite a bit of exploring and sharing some of those stories with us on the back of your mules. Oh, wait, I've got to get this in here. There we go. All right. Um, And then I see that you maybe are looking to unload one, and I wondered what is happening. So I text you, and Gracie, I guess, is uh, fell out of Gracie with you. Kind of fell out of Grace a little bit. The rose-colored glasses came off. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, let me— You know, when I got her, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, let me just read your response to me, because it was funny if I can get my phone to jump (laughs) in here. No, no, I'm not going to read all of it. That would get okay. us both in trouble today. Um, <laughs> I said, I said, you selling a mule? You said, yes, Gracie. She's lovely, but too hot, too Ferrari for me. What does that mean exactly? Well, believe it or not, they have personalities. Yeah. You got, I got some that are extroverts that are just like a big Labrador, and you got some that are introverts, and they hold it in. And Gracie's one of those that, she holds a lot of emotions in, uh, and you gotta you gotta work her, warm her up. You gotta do groundwork to just realize that she's not gonna die today. Uh, they're a prey animal, and everything else is a predator. And she's always nervous, and she's just kind of a high octane Ferrari. Mm. Uh, somebody that, uh, is more experienced than I have only been riding since January, as you know, yeah. um, can deal with that. But, oh man, when I, if I try to get on too quick, too fast, sometimes I have to span a couple of circles and, uh, just kind of get her to realize the sky wasn't falling. Yeah. And and uh, everything's going to be fine. Well, but you, you've ki- you've kind of answered my next question already, and that was, uh, yeah. you know, when when somebody calls you up because you are letting people know you have a good animal uh, that you're looking to sell, and you tell these stories, does it scare people away? Are you just looking for the right person to take her? Just looking for the right person. That somebody that's got more experience than I have accumulated so far. Uh, you know, my confidence level is at a certain point, but I, and I'm 65, I'm not 20 anymore and I don't bounce as well as I used to. So if she bucks you off, it takes a while to recover from that, right? Yeah. We were in the pasture and I got on and she got excited and was determined I was going to go off and I did. 
And when I was laying there on the ground, she just stood there and looked at me. So <laughs> yeah. we had a lot of things going on at the house, uh, blowing leaves, making a lot of racket. We had a tractor here moving some gravel. So all of that gets internalized inside of her. And plus, with it being winter time, they feel good. Yeah. They just, it's not hot. They, and, you know, here they're eating. I haven't ridden her for three or four weeks because of open enrollment. And I made a mistake and got too overconfident and kind of let a few of the, the pre-flight checks go by the wayside. And... She reminded me. Yeah. So well, and speaking of reminders, when you say you couldn't ride because of open enrollment, I just want to remind everybody that what what you do for a real job these days is uh, help people <laughs> figure out their uh, Medicare Medicaid stuff. So uh, I do. This is yep. a, yeah. This is a busy time of year. All right. So uh, I thought it would be sort of instructional for somebody that may be looking to uh, get a mule that they could ride and have some of the adventures and see the beautiful things that you've seen in the outdoors and have this relationship with an amazing animal. Uh, What they should be looking for, questions they should ask when they uh, choose a mule to bring into the family. Um, See if the mule chooses you. Like the one I bought yesterday, I went over to the gate and just watch this mule and she looked at me i looked at her and she came walking over to me hmm. and i thought oh okay <laughs> and so they they kind of choose you like the girl at and, the church dance right yes sir <laughs> <laughs> and i you know i went inside and and uh brushed her shoulder and they she had been rolling in the mud which they love to do and i got one of those metal scrapers and scraped all the mud off she just stood there Hmm. and you look for well i'll tell you a few warning signs if they have their head down their ears are relaxed their eyes are soft they're not swishing their tail then then you're going to get along if their head's elevated their eyes are big as baseballs you better get out of the way So Gracie ended up having a little more spirit than you actually knew. Yeah. Is this like is, is this the one you traveled across the country to get? No, this oh. is the one I bought in Tucson. Ah, got gotcha. you. Sight unseen. And, oh, man, I love riding her, you know, when she's warmed up. And um, I haven't put, you know, given her grain. That's not a good idea either unless you've been working them because that's kind of like giving them. A case of Mountain Dew. Yeah. But um, I took her to the Wind Rivers for seven or eight days, and I ponied a mule behind her, and she was absolutely flawless. She's gated, and I could ride her all day long and never get sore. And when we came back, so she was in, she was in a more, she was in a more relaxed environment there then. Oh yeah. Okay. No, she was in her element. She loved the mountains. And when I was coming out on Saturday from the Wind Rivers. I just put my hand on the saddle horn, and she did the rest. We were going to put switchbacks up the side of the mountain, and very task-oriented, like we're going home, and I'm going to the trailer, and get out of my way, and we're going to all get you there. Yeah. And so she's amazing. My brother has horses, and uh, I've ridden a couple of times in my life. Had a scary moment when I was riding with my <laughs> uncle one day, and we were going through town. 
and he was ahead of me, and I was on uh, an Arabian, which are known to be a little, oh, okay. yeah, known to be a little flighty, and the wind was blowing, and obviously you're right along a roadside, uh, and <laughs> when when his horse got a little too far away, she started to you know race to get there and lost her yeah. footing on the the uh, asphalt, and we both went down, and so. There is a there is an intricate relationship that you've done a really good job of explaining to us when we check in with you on your trips, uh, but you have to have trust in them. They have to have trust in you, or it's not enjoyable for either one of you. That's right, and they can feel it. Uh, one thing about Gracie, when I'd climb in the saddle, it's like plugging in my hard drive <laughs> to my soul, and she was reading my emotions. And, uh, oh, yeah, Arabians, they can be... Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Oh, but but beautiful. Oh, such a beautiful horse. Beautiful, yes. Uh, uh, all right, so anybody that's out there listening, and I feel like I'm a little bit of a small-town swap-and-shop uh, old radio show <laughs> here, uh, but seriously, hopefully people have listened to you share your stories in the field and said, man, that is really something I've dreamed of. This sounds like a good animal for the right person. How do they get a hold she of is. you? What should they know? 435 one 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 is my cell phone. Uh, either call me or text me. Uh, she's a beautiful animal with a lot of life, a lot of years yeah. left in her. Hmm. And uh, somebody that's gotten, like I said, more experience than I do and maybe younger, um, she'd be a perfect fit. You feel bad letting her go or no? Yes, it's hard because I put my heart and soul into her thinking, oh, she's the chosen one. <laughs> and <laughs> I just needed something a little more calm. Yeah. <laughs> but I put my grandmother on or my grandkids. Some 65-year-olds are actually looking for a Ferrari, not you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm past that. <laughs> All right. Charlie, thanks. I, when you, hey, you thank said you. You said you're willing to share the story. I couldn't wait to do it. Uh, but it's always oh, good catching so up with you. Thanks. Yeah, you take care. Thanks yeah. so much. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, let's see. When we come back, one final segment. Stay with us. <laughs> Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. I'm going to the show, and um, while I'm waiting to uh, record one more segment for the Outdoor Show, I just want to tell you that we... We successfully made contact with Bob Grove on his uh, planned hike down there in warmer air. Uh, and unfortunately, as uh, sometimes happens with computers, anybody that deals with one at the office or the home knows once in a while it uh, jumps up and nips you. And it got us today. So unfortunately, we're not going to be able to share that uh, conversation with you. It was really fantastic. And I wanted to say thank you to uh, Skycall for helping to make that connection with a satellite phone. Bob was indeed out of cell phone range today, but maybe we'll catch up with him and, and uh, 
have him share some of his experiences down there. I'm really bummed out about that. But anyway, uh, it gave me time, however, while I was trying to work through the computer problems to take a look at the ski report, the snow totals from the storm that passed through here early Friday morning yesterday as you're listening to this program. And uh, like usually happens with the uh, lake effect snow, the cottonwoods really got hit hard with uh, 12 inches, maybe a little bit more by the time it all passed over the Wasatch Mountain Range. So a foot or more in places like uh, uh, Solitude and uh, Brighton, Alta, Snowbird, they really got hit. But 9 to 10 inches, that was the early report on uh, Friday on the other side, on the Wasatch Back, as we like to call it, for Park City and Deer Valley. So uh, lots of good snow to get up there and enjoy, and we should should have uh, a little break as you listen to this on Saturday, and then uh, another round of storm activity coming tomorrow. So if you've got travel plans, make sure and work that in. Also meant to mention this while we had Nabonovskis on the air, but he is long gone down to uh, uh, Las Vegas, and we'll be in just a little while on his way back this way, I think, because he wants to get in some skiing and take advantage of the new snow. But he would have uh, loved to find out that we had $450,000 allocated to enhance some of Utah's best fishing spots through the Blue Ribbon Fisheries Program. Uh, We bragged those up, of course, 16 different projects aimed at enhancing these water bodies. There are currently 44 uh, water bodies and two mountain areas. uh, That's Utah's streams, lakes, and uh, rivers on the Uinta and Boulder Mountains that hold this Blue Ribbon status. And uh, that Blue Ribbon program dates all the way back to the early 2000s when then-Governor Mike Levitt was um, formally established this two th- uh, in 2005 through an executive order. But uh, I just wanted to mention a couple of these projects that are going to be worked on. One is the reservation of the dike, renovation rather, of the dike at uh, Navajo Lake. It's been deteriorating over the years resulting in a couple of dam failures that they want to make sure they get taken care of. Recreation improvements coming to recapture Reservoir. That project's going to improve boat ramps and install a courtesy uh, boat dock there. And recovery analysis at Huntington Creek. The Sealy Fire back in 2012 really devastated that fishery at uh, Huntington Creek Creek after uh, habitat improvement projects and fishery stocking. The fishery has struggled to uh, fully recover. So they're going to be uh, taking a closer look at that to find out why. But in 2021, just last year, 19 Blue Ribbon Fisheries projects and initiatives were completed. And over the decade, the Blue Ribbon Program had uh, funded 173 projects, allocating $3.2 million toward improving these remarkable Utah fisheries, something we take great pride in. So I just wanted to, as we wrapped up the show, to make that uh, point today and say hats off to the Division of Wildlife Resources for that and hats off to all of uh, the funding that came our way, both from the feds and from local monies that uh, go to it, plus the volunteer time, which uh, should not go unnoticed. By the way, speaking of uh, satellite phones, as I did a minute ago, if you are looking to... uh, have a little uh, extra level of safety when you head out on your next adventure or you want to share it with us we always encourage it get a hold of sky call satellite you can do that at 801-450-8317 that is going to do it for the outdoor show for another week don't go away the greenhouse is coming up on the other side we also have uh, cougar basketball pregame from vivid arena will uh, start at 12 30 and we'll have the tip off at 1.30 here on the home of the Cougars, KSL. Have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday morning. I will be along with Amanda Dixon with Utah's Morning News starting at 5.
few years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.